host, Catherine Ingram. The following was excerpted from a Zoom session of Dharma Dialogues, which was broadcast from Australia on August 1st, 2020. It's called Mental Health. I invite you to join any of the upcoming Zoom sessions held on the first and third weekends each month at two different times per weekend to accommodate you wherever you are in the world. Consequent to the many, many crises that are happening on planet Earth, there's a global mental health crisis. Um, You've probably heard about it. People are anxious and depressed, and there's huge waves of fear going around, even among people who are not necessarily Um, struggling with a a depression or even extreme anxiety, but just general fear because things are so um, just uncertain in every way. And the certainties we have are all kind of bleak. There are certainties we're facing that are bleak. So naturally there's a lot of fear a lot of fear waving around. But I've been reflecting on quite a lot, actually, on the, the, first of all, I've spoken about this quite a bit, the disparity between what we have come to expect of life and how it is now. We have, we're, we're, we're a bit handicapped by how privileged we've been We've gotten a bit soft in our expectations of a certain type of life and certain types of options, which were many, 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 and which now are few in terms of the way that we had options before, especially the options of movement and travel and having adventures. Our adventures have to be a lot more quiet and a lot more local. and perhaps a lot more internal. So I I recently, as one does in this period, I've been watching a lot of great movies and dramas and series and so on. And I've been visiting some films that I liked at the time I saw them a long time ago, but had not seen them since. There's certain films I've watched a number of times, but there are others that I liked okay and haven't seen since for you know decades. And one such film was The English Patient, which I just watched recently. And it was better than I had remembered it. Really an, an incredible all-star cast. And uh, at a time when they were young, Kristen Scott, Scott Thomas and Ray Fiennes and Colin Firth and um, Juliette Binoche and so on. Anyway. This story, as many of you probably know, and I'm not going to spoil it for you who haven't seen it, but the story is set, it it takes place in, in, it goes back and forth in time. 
And the time frame is not so very much. It's basically pre-war and during the World War II and then a bit post-war in, in fact, the kind of cleanup phase, just, just in the days of, of the aftermath of the war. And even though this is just a fictional account, one senses that not only was that realistic, the depiction of how life had to carry on and people still fell in love and people still made sacrifices and helped each other. And some people were incredibly cruel and selfish and awful and all of it happening as life does, even in terrible times. And it was just a beautiful reminder actually um, of how strong we are, how, how much metal of strength we actually do have. And so I want to offer this this evening, this evening here, looks like many of you in your, you're in your morning, to, as a reminder, this, this simple reminder that people have endured all kinds of hardships. For many of us on this call, if we had been born even a hundred years ago, chances are we would be dead by this age. Now, some of you are young, I see, but for many of us, we're living longer. We've already been living longer than most people did in history. And in most of history, life was incredibly precarious, even if you even if it wasn't that you died at what was considered an old age in those days, which was what we would consider very much middle age. Um, but life was tough in every other way. It was a struggle for many, many people. And as we know, that's the case for many people on earth today. They're not tortured by this disparity of all their options. Their lives are hard and they're continuing to be hard, but they've been making do and they've been, they've been showing incredible inner resilience and courage and cooperation in order to just live, just to exist. So I really want us to remember when you're going into your mental stories of, you know, this is not how we're supposed to be living. This is, my life had a whole different trajectory, a whole different plan, and now it's not happening and something's horribly wrong. Well, this is what is. This is what we've got. And you're, you're living in your strongest, clearest, most courageous space is a great gift to yourself. And it's also an incredible gift to everyone around you, all the people who love you and all the people you love. This is your job now. 
someone wrote to me the other day, she's in Portland, and I'm sure you've heard that Portland's been, I think they're on day 60 or something of, of um, social unrest and riots and um, federal, you know, armed forces in there who've now left, but it's, it's a time of incredible, you know, upheaval in that particular city, not the only one, but, and they're there in Portland. She's in a mixed race relationship. She's a white girl and her husband is, is an African-American. And so that has an added tension for them when they go out and about. There's just this, there's just a lot of fear in her, in her life. She's someone who's been attending my um, sessions. I, I um, used to live in Portland a long time ago and starting in about 1995, she was attending my sessions there. And many times I've gone back uh, just to teach um, a, a series. And um, so she's always attended those. And she wrote to me the other day and she said, I've never asked you a question. I've never written to you with a question, but I, I need your help now. And so she laid out her extreme anxiety that she's feeling, her extreme um, worry. And I wrote back that because I know her and because I know her work, which is beautiful work in the world and always about helping others, I wrote back and said, you've been being ready for this for a long time. You're a strong woman. This is what you've been being readied for. So it is also the case for us. We've been, we're, we're all of the, 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 inner reflections, the philosophical reflections, uh, the ways that we've celebrated love, the things we've shared, the deep, deep things we've shared, those things that we, we honor in our lives, those things that are, that are important to us, this is the time for the harvest of that. So no need to fall down on anything. Because, this, uh, because of this wave of depression that goes around, it can be catchy. It can be, you can be thinking, oh, I'm depressed too. Somebody tells you how awful it feels and how worried they are and you start thinking, yeah, me too, right? It's catchy, but what's also catchy is strength and courage and carrying on and kindness. That's also catchy.
Um, I wanted to say that, you know, you were saying that as things go on, people feeling depressed and angry and worried and fearful. I find quite the opposite. I do feel like that character in the movie we've talked about before, Melancholia, that as things become more and more clear and inevitable and there are kind of fewer choices, I find it much easier and clearer and lighter. And part of it, I think, is because the kind of gaslighting that we've had from society is really becoming less and less, actually. Um, yeah. In terms of, if you think about the COVID crisis in Australia, I mean, everywhere that virus is going has been a long-term festering problem in Australian society, such as, you know, precarious work and people in aged care homes and the problem with hospital settings and all these sorts of things are, are kind of really revealed actually by the virus. And, you know, the under the underlying, um, you know, the underlying um, inevitability of climate change and ecological collapse. So somehow I find myself feeling cheerier and whistling cheerily to myself and um, finding that somehow the, the lies that society sort of tells itself to keep going are being um, made more and more transparent. Yes. Um, the virus is sort of teaching us to live more in the moment and more focusing on what really matters to us and that's, you know, connection to other people and to to the planet, to the animals, to the to the land. So yes. actually I find myself as it goes on getting cheerier. Um which getting, is kind getting, of getting getting more cheery. Cheery. More cheery. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Kind of bizarre. So I mean I'm starting to think maybe some people around me think that I'm a bit a bit of a lunatic in that sense that the main character in Melancholia is. I mean, I'm not going out, you know, naked down the street in the middle of the night like she does. But, <laughs> um, you know, I, I definitely feel myself going in a bit of a sort of a counter direction without without diminishing the pain and the suffering and the the deep distress, you know, that people are facing. You know, I have friends in India that are just really up against it right now. Um, yes. and and just realising, yeah, it's right, we've had this in, insanely privileged middle-class existence for all these years, and I'm thinking, damn, you know, I never got to go to Catalonia, and wow, why didn't I spend more time in Turkey? And, you know, they're, they're kind of like lost regrets and they, they are kind of, you know, first-world problems. So, yes. you know, I, I find myself focusing much more on connection to others and support and creating communities and all those things that, let's face it, we should be doing all the time anyway, right? Yes. So, yeah, so I don't really have a question, more just a kind of an observation. And so if you read in the paper, you know, some woman prancing around the streets of Hobart <laughs> in the nude, Singing cheerily to herself, um, then you'll know it. <laughs> we'll know who it is. <laughs> uh, well, I love everything you just said, and I agree. <laughs> There's a way that things that we're that we're, we're having to pretend about, we're not having to pretend about anymore, right? That there's a kind of there was this collective um, hallucination that we in the Western societies have been living in for a long time and 
the veil is being peeled off of that for sure. And so we don't we don't have the burden of pretending, you know, uh, and having to keep up the facade. I, I as you were speaking, though, I wanted to say to you, because you are in a kind of au fait place with this, you will be very, very helpful for others. So as you were speaking, I was just, I couldn't help but, but notice that, that just as in the movie, you know, she ended up being the one who could see, who could see what was happening and the truth of everything. She ended up being the strong one, right? She had been processing the information for a lot longer. And that has a great advantage. So, yes. There's a time for our, um, as I said, that we've been being readied. Part of our being readied as those who love Dharma is that we have a relationship to suffering, right? We, we as even though we've been privileged, we still have had one eye on the fact that there's a lot of suffering. We each experience a lot of suffering. We each experience loss. And we knew all along we were going to be dying, as unfortunately a lot of people don't seem to realize that. There's, you know, the denial of death is, is a real thing. And so in your case, given that you have really looked at these matters, you've looked, you've really looked as a, you know, as a professor of political science, for instance, you have also looked at the underbelly of the unjust nature of, of how things are set up in our modern world and the disparities of cultures and all those things. You've looked at that very deeply. And now we're looking at a kind of reckoning that's happening as you're, as you're pointing to. So here it is, and we're going to need you. We're going to need you, even if you are running down the streets in Hobart without your clothes on. <laughs> Thanks, Catherine. <laughs> yeah, in a way, too, it's like going back to the mental illness question. In another way, what's happening, I think, is, is people are becoming so much more authentic not in mental illness, but just in mental, in mental sanity, in fact, you know, whereby you're not, don't in any way shut down your own ways of finding joy, no matter how crazy they looked. I know you spoke on another one of these sessions about you being a night owl and that, you know, you felt a little out of step with the rest of the world because so many people are, are, you know, day birds. Um, but it's those kinds of reflections that you realize I don't have one single second to suppress how I actually am, no matter how crazy it may look to others. It isn't crazy to me. And in fact, I'm able to stay much more sane when I am living my actual truth. So definitely full permission for that, full permission for, for your joy in any way you find it. Hi, hi, Catherine. We met. Hello, hi, we met many years ago in Dublin. 
you oh probably don't remember. Yeah, I yeah. do remember you, your face. I do. do. Now tell me, was it was it where was I teaching at the time there? Oh goodness, I can't actually remember the venue, but it's a good long time ago. It could be, it's over ten years ago. Yes, I don't know when you were last in Dublin, but what the time that that we met then? Um, so it was a long time ago that I was yeah, there. Yeah, so I've been recently listening to the podcasts, your podcasts, and I've all through the night as well. I've been going through a a difficult few weeks, a, a parting of a relationship, and it caused an awful lot of anxiety. So I'm getting great comfort from the podcasts. So I have a few things sort of interrelated that I'll, I'll say. One of the things about the pandemic, I, I have a long-term serious health condition. So it causes me to be on my own an awful lot of the time because I, I can't do otherwise. I have to rest, I have to pace. And I know yes. quite a few people like me. And so mm-hmm. funny, the pandemic... Uh, like what you're saying about authenticity and um, a certain difficult reality that people have to come into, in a way it's reflecting for people who have very serious health conditions and who have had a lot of hardship in, in a certain way, it's almost reflecting more of a, an, a reality. So, so it's, it's like not being as outside of things. Um, you know, things have become more accessible online. Um, so if you have a physical disability, it's it can be very hard to access to travel to 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 go to different things so the world has almost shifted despite the the huge tragedy and yeah. the impact of that and the the overall um the overall depression of the suffer, suffering that's happening to other people there is in in certain pockets of things there there is this um for me anyway there is an increased feeling as, as of what you're talking about that of being able to be real about the things that were hard to be real about before. So, yes. um, mm. so the suffering in the body would be, would be one that's would, a long winded way. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, but one of the questions I have is that I do spend a lot of time on, on my own, but I'm wondering, I, I, I feel I need to bring more silence into that. Even though I do spend, I am spending time on my own. I, I don't think it's very silent. I'm also an academic you know, and I enjoy that. And um, I've, I've re- recognized over the years, I enjoy it. And that's it. I can't give up on my, you know, on, on my thoughts as such. Yeah. But do you think it's possible to bring silence in if you're w- without being in a retreat, you know, with, with being on one's own? I do yeah. find it difficult. It, it is, it is very difficult. And, and sometimes I wonder about the limits of endurance Well, when you say bring silence in, I mean, if you live alone, then I would imagine your space is fairly quiet. Yeah, yeah. So when I speak about, yeah, okay, well, um, but when I speak about silence, it's really a quietness of the heart. Okay. Um, And you can have that very easily living alone. Um, That can look like literally like you're washing the dishes and you're just... Mindfully washing the dishes. That's it. Right. And now you're making your meal, maybe. Um, And you're chopping your onions and you're, you know, and you're noticing all of that. And you're smelling the smell of the spray of the onion. And, you know, you're just moving through space in a kind of quietness of heart. And if you're listening to the radio, you can just be listening to the radio, right? That's you can yeah. be listening to it fairly with a, a quietness of heart. But if you're noticing that you're listening to something that's starting to agitate you. Okay. Now, I don't mean to 
avoid all news if you happen to be someone who's interested yeah, in news. news I am interested yeah. in the news. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I do listen to some portion of you know my morning I listen to yeah. news um just to see what's gone on in the world and <laughs> in the previous time while I was sleeping um and because it's just interesting to me but there does come a point when I know okay enough of this right there does come a moment and sometimes I'm a little over the moment <laughs> it's a little far far gone where yeah. I'm just I'm noticing this is this is starting to get really yeah you know, troubling inside. Okay. Um, you know, I'm just yeah. kind of, it's just spinning around. Yeah. And so, yeah, it, it, I don't feel I'm susceptible, susceptible to missing any big events because I do keep up. Okay. But I know also that there comes a point where I'm listening to a lot of things that are terrible and upsetting that I can do nothing about, yeah. nothing whatsoever, right? Yeah. Um, and so then I have to ask myself, okay, how much bearing witness is actually wise? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I sometimes so, see it as my duty to be able to bear yes. as much witness as possible. I used to feel yeah. that very, very strongly. Okay. Um, I used to feel that as a journalist and because I was yeah. on yeah. the boards of some um, human rights organizations. And one of the things that political prisoners consistently say yeah. is that it matters to them that at least someone knows and someone is bearing witness to their problems, yeah. even if they don't, even if they can't do much about exactly. it. it makes yeah. yeah, all the difference to them to just know that someone knows, right? And so I used to feel, just like you just said, a certain obligation yeah. to keep looking at the, you know, the the people jumping jumping off the World Trade Towers or whatever, yeah. you know. It's like every oh tragedy, every tragedy, every, yeah. every tragedy. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. And, and now we have our we have quite a lot on offer, and so in a way kind of reinfecting the pain inside each yeah. and every time and yeah. it gets to a point where I know that okay not only can I not do anything about any of that but that the things I can do something about yeah might be taxed my, I will be taxed internally if yeah. I continue down this path of yeah. self-inflicting misery <laughs> so so um yeah yeah so it's, it's just knowing your limitations, isn't it, as well? Say again? Knowing, knowing, knowing your limits of knowing your tolerating, limits. tolerating. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, I listened to just a little clip of a BBC story. They were actually just advertising the story that it's a series they're doing on these uh, first responders in Karachi. Okay. And they just had this one guy they interviewed just very briefly as a kind of preview uh, this ambulance driver saying there were times there when when there were lots of bombings and terror events in, in Karachi that every 10 minutes he was going out in his ambulance picking up bodies every 10 minutes through the day and working 18 hours a day. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking how, I don't know, like, I don't know how anyone does no. that. And he sounded like a very caring person, you know, People are built differently, and yeah. you have to be honest about you and about yeah. keeping your own, I always say, your own well filled enough that it spills over. So that means you are keeping your own self as calm as you can and as mm -hmm. lighting your own heart in simple, joyful ways and being kind 
and then your you know your your life becomes this offering right and and your job is simply just keeping it well tuned up not in a kind of you know narcissistic way but rather in the way of yeah wanting to be of service right so um in whatever way that is yeah yes whatever way that is and with 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 your own balance your own honest balance of all of that some people can't handle much either psychologically on their hearts like i i do know a lot of people who are so very tender okay there's this innocence about them like children you know yeah and they can't really handle much bad news and okay you know they can't handle knowing about the terrible things that go on on this earth okay Um, you know they they just can't handle it and 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 so okay that's that's the truth for them t.s Eliot said uh, people can't handle much reality something yeah. i can't remember the exact line but mm-hmm. yeah yeah but um i find what you say about reality hugely comforting because mm. there is i find there is really no other way for me to, to have peace than facing yes. it you yes. know facing loss facing death and i can't get away from it because my body is quite you know restricted so it's kind of in my face a lot of the time so yeah it's uh but it's definitely by by facing it not by um, well i don't feel i I have any option actually for in my own self um which can make me a little bit stark (laughs) yes i know exactly no i believe me i do know Yes, no, it, it's, it's, you know, sometimes you're not, one is not welcome in certain quarters because you're just not willing to pretend that, you know, okay. that everything's just peachy. No, and, exactly. you know, um, so yeah. I, I think it's important, though, to, um, to recognize, recognize that this is a world of both sorrow and yeah. joy and, and also mercy. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. And so one just notices that range and it's just always playing yeah. out right in front of us. And every story we hear, you know, it's 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 somewhere on that on that spectrum. I think and, it's really uh, giving yourself a break as well, isn't it? By bringing the attention back away from whatever is tr- the troubling thought. Yes. It feels like giving myself a break. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, yeah. Thank you very much. Yes. Yeah. Lovely. Hi, hi, everybody. Hi. <laughs> um, I just wanted to say hello, and I um, I just really enjoyed the conversation today. Um, I'm in a, I'm in a very um, uh, what do you call it. Um, yeah, I'm just in a very tender place, and uh, you just touched upon. Everybody touched upon this um, situation that we're in, and um, uh, yeah, I don't really know what to say. I, I just feel that I, I feel this a split in a way. I feel this um, longing to wake up fully in this moment, and then um, part of me kind of realizing seeing feeling everything and then the other part 
uh, existing in uh, in what's going on around me and in the conditioning in a conditioned way and because around me I I feel that people are not so much expressing their anxiety or their worries a little bit it's it's like we 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 can discuss a little bit about what the situ- situation is like but but it's um it's like well um everybody carries on but in a way um like nothing has happened but they're a little bit fragile and a little bit frazzled but uh still going on uh, the way they have been or we have been and it's um and i just feel that split inside um part of me kind of still denying death and the other one being quite awake to what's going on and yes. maybe that maybe that's just the human condition in a way and it's maybe so, it's just yeah uh, i mean I think how it I, is yeah i think having death uh, constantly on your mind would be so debilitating. You'd be almost yeah. paralyzed. You know, it's just too much. Um, and even people who do have terminal illnesses. Mm-hmm. One of my friends in Melbourne, she died about a year and a half ago. Um, I only met her in the last months of her life. And um, so the whole time I knew her, she was in a terminal kind of condition. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was so amazed with how many times she would be laughing, like we'd be laughing about something, like really laughing. And, or would she just be talking about any old thing? And I was always aware the whole time I was with her. I was always aware of her circumstance. And perhaps I'm sure some portion of her awareness was always reserved mm-hmm. for that as well. But she was also living her last days she was living her her last phase here on earth and that was an incredible gift for me to see that she wasn't just kind of flattened into this you know like staring at an asteroid coming at her (laughs) you know um she was she was you know sipping the tea and looking at the ducks out on the lake in front of her and you know just talking and gabbing and I played her I I turned her on to this uh, album that she really loved and the two of us the first time I played it for her we listened to the entire album in silence sitting on two couches near each other and it was just this really profound experience you know she was so there so yes it's this razor's edge that we walk here it was always so. Yeah, that is a, the living in the time of dying. She was yeah. doing that. She was living. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I think that's the yearning, but and and that's the yearning that has been there all the time. But now yeah. it's just like it's it's uh, it's just uh, bigger because it's um um yeah it's bigger than me and my life. You know, it's 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 like um but the yearning is the same. The yearning in the heart kind of is the same and as you just said you know the uh, the dharma the the things we've been talking about everything is just even more um illumined in a way mm-hmm. uh, and it's um um it's always been about that but um yeah 
Yes. It's just another frame we are seeing it in right now. Yes, absolutely. That's true. Yes. I know. It's, there's something very strangely exhilarating about all this. Mm, yeah. Even mm. though tough, but yeah. also exhilarating. You know, it's sort of like you used the word about it being awake. Mm. It's, it's very wakeful. Mm. Yeah, you don't just sort of drift off into... There's a lot to have the attention here. So... But still, it's like there's this one part of me and maybe a lot of other people where it's just moving as it has been moving all along. It's like uh, just mm-hmm. doing the same thing and, and, and maybe also falling into the same traps and the same conditioning. Everything's just as it ever was. But then there's, then there's something else <laughs> too. And um, yeah, it's like... Yeah. 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 I get up. I get up in the morning, and 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 the things that I'm doing are, you know, it's it's definitely Groundhog Day kind of. You know, yeah, yeah. Making the curtains and making the spirulina yeah. shake, and all, of, you know, just, all of that stuff, and um, and and yet it's in a context that feels different than it yeah. used to feel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a very different kind of context at, at this point, which has its own stark beauty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it does, it does. Mm. <laughs> so good to see you. <laughs> yeah, good to see you. I love this. <laughs> this has been In the Deep. We invite you to join us for any of the online Zoom sessions which occur four times a month over two weekends. You can see the schedule page at katherineingram.com for details. And if you feel moved to offer support for the podcast, please consider either a one-time or a recurring donation, which is tax-deductible in the USA. The donation button is on the top menu of every page of our website. You can also leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Till next time. Thank you.